This episode of the NMBD podcast is sponsored by Capital.com. Capital.com is one of Europe's fastest growing regulated investment trading platforms. They enable people to confidently participate in financial markets by taking the complexity out of investing with secure, low friction, innovative platforms. The No Money But Dreams podcast is for those millennial dreamers who try to be in the top 1%. It doesn't matter what we've achieved. We wake up every morning with the mindset that we're still broke. We welcome you on our journey in search of that home run. Which can change everything. Everything? Everything. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of NMDB, the No Money But Dreams podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic which is very, very dear to the both of us, and that is grit. So... Everybody knows what it takes to succeed, within reason, but very few people actually do it. Now, why is that? All right? Everyone has grit, and everyone knows what it entails, and everyone's been in a situation where they've had to persevere or they've had to show that they have to stand their ground to achieve something. Everyone tells the stories of Cristiano Ronaldo and LeBron James and quotes them in, I don't know, what post on Instagram or whatever it is. But do we really take the time to consider how much effort has been put in by these sort of exceptional individuals to get to where they are? And so many people say, yes, you can make it, but they don't actually talk about what it takes, what it, the time, the mental strain, etc., that you need to actually succeed. Yep. And today we're going to talk about grit and uh, our kind of journey. And where you have displayed grit in your life before, where I think I've... And I think grind also is similar to grit. So there's grit and grind. I yeah. think we're going to be using these both of these terms. Yeah. And I want to start by uh, quoting uh, Angela Duckworth, uh, which did a, an amazing book on, on grit. Uh, and I'm going to read this. Grit is passion and perseverance for long-term goals. Instead, grit is about having what some researchers call an ultimate concern, a goal you care so much about that it organizes and gives meaning to almost everything that you do. And grit is holding steadfast to that goal, even when you fall down. And I think that's the most critical part that we've observed in our journey so far, individually and together, is how do you deal with with falling down? How do you get back up and get back onto the road towards your goal when sometimes everything seems like it's pushing you away or not working? Yeah. And that's a, that's a good start into kind of my story and where I want to start. Um, I, I'm 5'11". Yeah. I'm, Stand up. No, I'm 5'11". <laughs> I'm, I'm and I ended up being uh, in the Bundesliga, a, a professional basketball player in Germany. And, you know, for me, it was from six to 23 years old, it was my life. I didn't care about school. I didn't care about anything else. All I cared about was basketball. And I never missed the training. I played against people that were much more talented uh, than I was for a good 10 years. And all I was doing is eating shit. And at every level, there were better people in my team. I was always tasked with guarding the best player of the opposing team and i never had anything to show for it i didn't get selected to county teams or to the national team or anything like that 
All I was doing was showing up every single day, try to improve. And then when I was 15, 16, I kind of could see that if I continued doing this, I potentially would have a shot. No one ever told me. A shot at what? Being in the Bundesliga? Yeah, being being a pro. And no one ever told me, and I didn't believe it myself, but I never missed the training. And I kept showing up. And this was really what, when it got to it, um, paid off. Because, you know, half of it, half of making anything in life is to show up. And I'm not more talented in anything that I do in life than any other person. But my effort level and my grind is bigger than than what other people do and that's how i ended up there what's uh kind of like the first thing that comes to mind or, or the beginning of your story where you showed uh grit i think the showing up element is is really important and if you don't show up then you can never take advantage of any opportunity or anything coming your way for me i think grit and grind obviously as an entrepreneur is slightly different than I know you're talking about when you were younger in sports, but I'm going to now fast forward to being an entrepreneur and showing grit and mm. grind is you don't actually have to go to work. Even though all your friends maybe utilize that to be like, you don't actually have to go like, come do this. It's I don't have to go. I go because it's a necessity and because I'm passionate and I love what I'm doing. But if I don't show up every single day and try and figure out how I'm going to make enough money to pay the salaries at the end of the month, I'm in a really, really dark space, dark place. So I think that's where showing up becomes really important when you have to be your own boss. But another thing which I have struggled with, obviously, being an entrepreneur is going against the grain, Mm. not necessarily like we left university left my master's i went to africa and started my own business with a friend of mine which is still the craziest thing uh, that i've ever heard everyone is trying to get jobs in the city and you just leave and go to africa benin and nigeria yeah yeah so tell us tell us what you encountered there i mean it just sounds crazy i think the the main point which brings value to this discussion is how many different things i tried within a three to four year period To make money. Yeah, pivoting each and every time. The first time I went there was to do above-ground fuel stations, which actually, uh, you laugh, but this was like seven years ago or something like that. And now these same fuel stations, they're everywhere in Abu Dhabi. So I I like to think that I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was ahead of the curve. (laughs) I don't know if there's any in Africa right now. Um, We also tried to do different businesses with LPG. So how could you get cooking gas to rural areas? We tried to raise money from the banks and other. Um, didn't work. Where did you pi- Where did you pivot next? And we pivoted next. We did housing for Ericsson. So Ericsson had a massive contract to upgrade the 2G network to 3G or something like that, and they needed to house all their technicians and their engineers. So we set up a housing for them in Cotonou. This is in Benin, and then after that, pivoted and did the one business which was the most lucrative out of all of them. And that was importing apples, not phones, guys, apples, <laughs> from South Africa into Nigeria. What? You did petrol stations, housing, and then apples. Yeah. That's, and that's... then I left and got into burgers. Yeah. So then you leave Africa, you, you fall flat on your face. Yep. Didn't work out. No. You come back. And then what happens? 
And then I had to start from scratch. You I started from scratch. My, uh, reinvent myself. Yeah. And then what do you do next? Well, I identified an opportunity in the F&B sector, primarily in burgers, and started Burger 28. Yeah, but uh, this just sounds very, very easy. Tell us a little bit more. You come back, and then how long does it take you to actually open the first burger joint? Well, it took around a year and a bit, to be honest with you, which is way longer than anticipated and cost me much more than I anticipated as well. So for a year, you come back. Everyone else is now kind of like late 20s, enjoying corporate life, uh, progressing in their career, and you come back and you're just staring at a blank sheet of paper. Pretty much. And I think that's where the grit comes in. And having to deal with people judging you or criticizing you for your decisions and saying, that's completely fine. I have no issue. Like, I, I know the value in myself mm. and I know that I'm going to create something amazing. Mm. But I just need to show up every day. I need to look at that blank piece of paper, no matter how long it takes to come up with what the idea is, what's the plan and how to execute on whatever that plan is is something which I know I have. Mm. And when I am in really, really tough situations or in struggle situations, instead of running away and hiding, no, I just go to the front mm. and, and fight. And that's the same thing that happened during the pandemic. Just, I know we're moving around timescales, but I can remember when I knew that we were going to go into lockdown, there would only be deliveries. And instead of saying like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And going home and, and like crying about it or whatever, because you're, the potential for your business to just completely fall apart and for you to go bankrupt is kind of high in that situation. Yeah, I mean, never, we saw so many different restaurants close. 100%. Right? And I had never, ever experienced that in my life. No, I went, the first thing I did at that point, as soon as we opened, I went to the store and I sat in the store, ironically, with a blank piece of paper and was there so that not only did I want all my staff to know like, okay, everything is fine. We're going to find a solution, mm. but also for myself, mm. I had to show up and say, you know what, we're going to find a solution for this. And no matter what it is, we're going to succeed. And thank God we are where we are today and, and everything is all right. But those were times where you had to have the grit. You had to show up similar to what you were talking about, about your basketball yeah. example. So uh, let me take it back a little bit uh, to you know, a couple of other examples that I want to give is, you know, I was in the Bundesliga. I had, quote unquote, made it. Um, and I decided to move to England, move to the UK. Why did you want to move to the UK? So I'd been working with my dad for a good eight years in our business. And um, I saw how he was running the business. And I want to learn how people run professional businesses. So that's why I decided to to study um business and to do it in english because i didn't want to be limited to just the german job market i want to work wherever i i wanted to so i moved to england back then my english was a lot worse than it was now was it really <laughs> yes, did you speak like that <laughs> yes exactly oh. <laughs> that's that's how it was and i tried Wunderbar. i tried uh, you know i came to the uk i didn't know anyone um and so you basically had to reinvent yourself yeah i mean it, it literally, first year was really tough, starting from scratch. Second year, um, it got better. By the end of second year, I kind of saw, like, if I put everything into it, I might actually get a first-class degree. And to put this into perspective, I had been shit at school. You were studying business, correct? Yes, I had been shit at school in Germany. I ended up with three Cs, which means I was a failure. And I'd never had any success in uh in academics 
here for the first time because I was doing something that I actually enjoyed, I saw that I could make something of me. And I took the decision to stop playing basketball, which, wow. you know, a couple of years before, anyone would Completely have said out of the question yeah exactly no it would have never happened and you were so you didn't know english but you were studying in english in in england right yeah exactly so studying you had to learn from scratch pretty much exactly um and then in third year i stopped playing basketball um and put everything into into my academics and trying to chase that uh, first class degree because i thought if i get a good degree maybe i get a better job now at that point when i say i put everything into it i had three jobs at the same time so in my third year, I wrote my thesis. I had three jobs at the same time. I paid for my tuition fees. I paid for all my life because I was too proud to ask my dad or to, to depend on anyone else. So that grind of, you know, doing 15 basketball games as a referee all across London. Where did you referee? <laughs> I actually refereed at Alex School where he boarded in the UK uh, just a, year, uh, a few years before, uh, which was a funny... Uh, Funny point, uh, uh, but we, yeah, we didn't know each other at, the, at that point. Yeah, so as I, I was a referee, I was a basketball coach at a private school, and I was mixing these bespoke drinks for um, endurance athletes, athletes yeah. which, you know, complete random set of jobs that I was doing, but I just had to do it to try and provide for myself, try and pay for the tuition fees, and now I don't have any loan to pay off. I didn't have to ask anyone for money, and that teaches you a lot uh, when when you're young. So, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people in university. Okay, some people, their parents were able to pay. Some yep. people obviously had to take student loans. Um, but I agree with you on the point that if you are going to take the student loan, for example, you might as well work to pay it off at the same time. That shows so much value and so much grit inside of you to be able to have the energy to not only study, but then also generate the money on the side and go to work. I mean, that was something obviously for me, which which I thought was really noble of you. And it was just twenty four hours grind, man. Yeah. It, but I, that sets you that sets you up for where you are today. That sets you up for your ability to be knocked down, get back up, stay focused on the goal, reinvent yourself without without anything else affecting like a horse with blinkers, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it's now completely normal that, you know, when you fall down, you just get back up. And I think a lot of people forget this. You know, as a child, you fall down, you get back up, and it's normal. No one says anything. But yeah. as, an, as an adult, and this is, you know, um, also culturally something that, you know, in a lot of cultures, when you are a failure or when you're failing, uh, you get stigmatized, right? Yeah. And I feel that I get completely, I, I don't get faced by that at all. If I, if I fail, I fail. It's not a, it's not a problem. And I just get back up and, and try, try again. I also feel in our society that we have a lot of pressure on social media from like your peer group mm. about like, what's your job title or what are you doing or wh what, you know, like, where did you go on holiday? So not not living up to those expectations of your peers is seen as failure yeah. and and that is wrong because at the end of the day if you're not willing to try and fail like we have both done in our lives then there's no way that you're going to be able to grow number one there's no way that you're going to be able to chase your dreams and that just makes everything so much more boring than it can be to yeah be i mean with you. this this failure aspect if you're not failing then you're not pushing hard enough 100 percent. you know for me yeah, okay, so 
I moved from Germany to the UK and I started from scratch again. A couple of years in, you know, I, I had two entry level kind of jobs. Then I moved out here. I started, you know, in, in Dubai in 2000. I, I came December 14 um, in 2014. And oh, I started that's lucky. I was going to be like, my God, you know, the dates and then it's 1414. 14. <laughs> yeah. If you forget, <laughs> you're going to forget but, that one. Then. Yeah, but it's uh, it's basically, you know, I started from scratch again. I left country. I moved you had country to reinvent yourself again I, from scratch and I didn't know anyone. OK, I came with the company. I didn't have it as hard as and that takes courage, man. That yeah. takes courage and an end goal in order to make that decision because that's out of your comfort zone. Hundred percent. It was massively out of my comfort zone. Exactly like learning how to speak English and study in English and work in English and do everything when you move to England. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter what, you know, what my story is or what your story is, but I think everyone can relate to uh, the fact that, you know, if you are not scared of failure and you blink this out and kind of just focus on where you want to get to and you apply grit and you grind every single day and to try up. and yeah show up to to get to your goal of where you want to get to, it doesn't matter what the outside factors are, you're going to get there at some point. Like I know if I put 10 years of hard work into it, I'm going to be in a much better place than if I hadn't shown up. Um, 100%. And, and I can relate to this reinventing yourself point. Um, when I was 14, I decided to move to boarding school uh, from here. I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. And I wanted to go to boarding school in England. And I remember getting there and everyone being like, oh God, why did your parents send you here? And I said, no, I actually chose to come here. Like, why would you choose to come to boarding school? Mm. Because I wanted the challenge. I wanted to be experience different people. I wanted to see how another part of the world operates and works. And obviously in the beginning, it's scary. It puts you outside of your comfort zone. But it was honestly, my mother asked, because my mother felt a bit bad, me actually leaving mm. uh, the home. And she used to ask me all the time, like, is this the right decision? And I said, 100%. Mm. Like I wouldn't be where I am today unless I had actually gone to boarding school and I made so many good friends and amazing experiences. Bro, I had my dad, I had to lock him into the kitchen room for two days and convince him that he lets me go to the UK because <laughs> I was, I was a failure in school, bro. I had very He was bad like, the, you're going to go there and what's exactly, going to happen? Like you, you don't speak English well. You can't even get a good degree in Germany. Like, why would I let you go there? Yeah. And I I knew that it was the right thing for me to do and I just had to do it. And, you know, um, it was the right decision for, for me in the end. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go so maybe we can uh, now, maybe we can bring it together. We've talked a little bit individually. Um, we can bring it together of kind of the grind and the journey that we have been on for the last kind of five years. If you have been listening to any of the other episodes, uh, you you will know a little bit about it. But maybe we can give like a high level summary of what we have done uh, together and what the grind has looked like uh, for, for us so far. Um, I think the first the first point which I want to bring in. No, one, one, one thing before I forget. Uh, I don't write everything down like you, but um, I remember like when you were talking about your boarding school and stuff, like people from the outside may look at you and say, yeah, no, whatever, man. The guy has money and he's went to boarding school. And yeah, and that's how I saw you when you were in university. You judge then. me. Yeah, you were. You, no, you were young and you were you were blowing money right, left, and center, and and all of that. Yeah, but what I want to get across here, and that's really why I value you so much, and that's why we get along so much, is that you know you left university, you went to Africa, and you fucking 
tried for four years to make something happen. It didn't work. You come back, you sit again for a year at home, try to make something happen. And now you've got all the success that you deserve, but you're working harder than anyone that I know. Thank you, man. And that, that, you know, that really inspires me to work harder and for me to get better. And that is a quality, you know, that grind that you display every single day is what got us very close and got us grinding together. And, uh, you know, it, it would be odd to think about it, like from the outside, we're so different, right? I'm, I'm a second generation immigrant. You're an expat child. Like yeah. you went to boarding school. I went to a public school. We had completely different upbringings, but what combines us is this hustle mentality. And 100%. this is why we came up with the name of the podcast of no money, but dreams. Yeah. We wake up. Okay. We're successful in both our fields. fields. Yeah, exactly. We, but we wake up and we know that we're still broke doesn't yeah. matter what's in the bank. All that we care about is we've got dreams, we're very ambitious, and 100%. we're trying to get there. And that's yeah. how, you know, it will be very interesting now speaking about what has happened in our last kind of four or five years since that first uh, lunch that we had, where we sat together and said, look, we've we got we to do something here. We've we got to do something together, and we've got to push it to the next level. 100%. Uh, just on that point, thank you, obviously. Uh, I mean, I see you and admire you for having that drive, even though you're in such a comfortable situation uh, with your job. Um, and I haven't seen this in a lot of people. Mm. And I find it really difficult to relate with people to have the same kind of drive and same kind of hustle that I have. And this determination, even when you're not really sure what the dream is, we don't know what our actual dream is. But Matt, we just know we're not there yet. Let's let, let's talk about how this whole thing started. So the first thing after this lunch, so we wanted to do something together. The first thing that we do is so it's wait, like, first we meet we meet in LPM together. Yeah. In Dubai. Yeah. And obviously crypto back then, I don't know what year was it? It's like 16, 17. 2016, 2017. Crypto was hot. So we were talking about it. We we're like, listen, let's get involved in this and figure out. Man, at the time I bought a Bitcoin at two thousand. And I had 100 Ethereums from like $75. Jesus Christ. And I obviously sold them way too early. Yeah, I made that's, money, that's but I for, sold them way too <laughs> early. That's for another life-changing opportunity episode. Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, what happened? Like, what, what's the first thing that we do? Well, the first thing that we did was go to Kuwait. We went out of all places. I had never been to Kuwait. Me neither. Out no, of, I had been, actually. Uh, out of all places, we go to Kuwait and we meet this German guy that had been mining crypto for since 2010 so he had been sitting on so much crypto and he was looking at ways to kind of like sell it and he was teaching other people about it and we just want to like understand and see if we can get involved somehow yeah it was a full seminar like this yeah. is what could <laughs> yeah, yeah and, that was hilarious and we we leave kuwait the next thing that we do is we end up in malta yeah. at some crypto, crypto conference, conference. And we were the idiots laughing at everyone. Yeah, we're like, oh my God, these guys, like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> they're such geeks. I'm sure they're all multi, multi-millionaires now. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, we didn't have the last laugh on, on, on that one. Then there was obviously Driven. Yeah, Driven comes into the picture. We start, we, we do a startup together, six months. We fly back, back and, and forth. forth to LA, meet with VCs, get offered the chance to actually fund the project, but we had to move there. Figured out we wouldn't actually be able to move there in like a two-week notice period. Yeah. Came back here. 
uh, invested in Burger 28 together. So, so hold on, hold on. I, I think we need to talk about this a little bit more because, you know, these are questions that you get and that I get all the time. You know, why am I involved in, in Burger 28 and why did you let me uh, get involved? And I think that's an interesting kind of story. I didn't come to Alex and say, hey, Alex, here, take my money and uh, make me more money. <laughs> that's not how it started. I looked at You know, how can I deliver value to this? And I know I came to his soft opening of the first uh, shop and I had his burger and I said, man, this burger is amazing. It's the Arbab. To this day, it's still my favorite. And I, and I thought he would be very successful um, selling this, this burger, right? Two, three years down the line and we come uh, together under completely different circumstances and I thought, you know, I can't help him on product development. I don't know anything about marketing. He's much better than me than this. Where, where can I find something? And I looked at him and I said, look, man, you gotta, you gotta make more money out of your brand. You're investing so much into social media and you only have two outlets in Abu Dhabi where you can actually monetize. You gotta expand. And I didn't leave it at that. For the next three months over the summer, every Thursday... He would pick me up and for eight hours a day, we More, would drive. Man. I think 10 hours. For, we would drive the whole country to find a location. There isn't, it's not here in the Middle East or in, in Dubai or in the UAE specific. You can't just go on a website and find all the places advertised. Especially for commercial shops and things like that. You exactly. actually need to go there and you need to see the to let sign with the mobile phone number and give them a and call. sometimes there's no number and you have to find yeah, you the, have to get out you have to meet the natur or the watchman you have to ask him then he's like i don't know you're not speaking the same language you need yeah. to follow him somewhere else he gives you another it's literally like a maze so <laughs> it was eight hours a day for a good three months to just try and find a location we found a location in um in alain in but Alain. it didn't work out it didn't work out um but we kept looking we kept looking and we found You had shown me this place in uh, in Khawanij, which was very interesting. And you said, man, if you could find a place like exactly that. Exactly like this, yeah. then this is the perfect place to find it. Exactly. I get a phone call one day. Yo, I found a place. I'm like, I'm coming. Yeah. And uh, we found it in Dubai. It's next to a petrol station. I would have never thought if I hadn't got the intel from you what a good location looked like, uh, what to look for. Yeah. And we found a very good location and that's how, you know, okay, I found the location. And then what else did I contribute? Uh, try and help with uh, kitchen equipment, uh, looking at financials. The whole time, man. And I think the biggest uh, two points there is, number one, what is interesting is that you looked at the business and you said, how can I deliver you value? Mm. And you found a way to say, look, this is how I'm going to deliver you value. You yeah. know? And it was value. Yeah. And I think that's important looking at getting involved in any opportunity. Maybe you don't necessarily have skill A, B, and C, but it doesn't mean you can't provide in D, E, and F. Yeah, and there's so many people that approach you and me and whatever opportunity we are chasing where they're saying, oh, can I just give you money? Exactly, but nobody just wants money. And, and money you can get from anywhere. A hundred percent. So if you really want to get involved. And it's not just that. Like people want to give you money and then just like, where's my, like, are you going to pay me? Like, when do I get, like, what, how does it work? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, no, you need to deliver value. You need to give back to somebody. 
uh, for them to want you to be on board. And, and a lot of people don't get it. And another thing is you don't want to start doing business with somebody who you know is not going to show up. Mm. You don't want to start doing business with somebody who you know doesn't have grit mm. and doesn't have the grind that it takes to make it and the grind it takes. I mean, uh, then the shop was five months late and we opened a month before COVID hits. Jesus, man. And say the first month, I was there every day after work. Yeah. You drove down every day from Abu Dhabi. And we were in that shop doing everything from handing out flyers to flipping burgers to serving people to uh, closing up shop. And then 90% sales down in COVID. COVID hit. Right? And we, if you're not with the right partner at that point, you, you're really in the shit. 100%. Um, and I guess the other thing that you appreciate that I found out over, you know, the last couple of years that we have been together, I don't get into, into your business. No. It's still your business. I know what I'm good at. I know where I can help, but I also know, you know, if it, if we're talking about product or marketing or anything like that, I can't add anything. Which is important at the end of the day. If you are going to enter into a business and you are going to invest in something, you need to be investing in the person. You know, and you need to believe in them 100% and their capability. And getting involved and nitpicking and micromanaging doesn't help anyone at the end of the day. Yeah. So, we wrap, wrap it up. up. Yes. All right. Let's go to the conclusions. So, I think the first point is that you got to show up. You need to be very passionate about what you're doing. And you need to be able to stick to your goal, even if you get knocked down. Yeah, it's, it's back to that quote that we had at the beginning from Angela, um, where it's, it, it doesn't matter what happens, you got to get back up and you got to uh, have the grit to pursue whatever you're setting out to pursue. And in doing that, you need to be comfortable with pivoting or reinventing yourself. Like, for example, you were obsessed with basketball, but knew that it reached a certain point that you had to say, you know what? I was, I was just not talented enough. I couldn't make that a career. And once you're on the other side and you realize how... My, the guy in front of me had played in the NBA the year before. Like the, there was light years of talent yeah. between us. And it doesn't you matter. Knew you had to know when to cut your losses. Exactly. And, you and had, that's important. And you, the same thing for you when you were in Africa and you fell on your face. You knew, well, I got to come back and got to go and try something else. A hundred percent. And that's not easy, especially now with the pressure of social media or your friends or your family as you were talking about earlier that failure is not acceptable i feel a lot of people don't know how to deal with it and and you should be proud of failure everyone should be proud of failure the last point here um you know i think there's no blueprint for you or me yeah no. we know that we've got a big dreams and we want to achieve them and it doesn't matter like we don't know where it's going to take us yet What matters is that you wake up every day and you show up and you try and make something of yourself, try and get to the next kind of level. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much, guys, who uh, made it all the way to the end. We hope you took something valuable from this podcast about grit and grind and reinventing yourself and showing up and see you next time. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Peace.